Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. Happy Election Day, listeners. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Happy Election Day. Have you voted yet, Jacob? I have. Uh, we had early voting here in Indiana. Um, okay. How about you? Have you voted? I did. I voted this morning. I went and Good did my, my workout. I had my husband wait in line, and I totally jumped on in and got it done in like six minutes. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, happy Election Day, and hope everybody's voting because, you know, social media hasn't reminded us enough this year. Right, right. Do oh, your duty, whichever way you fall. And thank uh, you for I, joining us here on I the Supercast this morning. I did my duty a few morning. times this morning, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, I, before we get going into the episode this week, I do want to say, like, how, how impressed I am with our country as far as voter, voter turnout this year. Right, it's like record setting. Um, well, this year they said that early voting, not even mail-ins, right? just early voting is 70% of the total votes that we had last year, last, That's last election. Incredible. That's great. That's great. And it's really like good. whether who you decide to vote for, like that, that is a side, like that is up to you. That is a whole different conversation. We're not having that here, no, but no. the important thing is to make your voice count. And that's, that's the thing that matters to me. Um, that's the Absolutely. thing that I think because you do matter and the things that you and the ideals that you hold do matter. So go out there and make sure that you, your vote is cast. Um, so that's my two cents there. Um, Leah, what's shaking yes. down? Well, those of you guys who don't know us, thank you for joining us here at the Supercast. I'm Leah Hensley. I'm the patron saint of dumpster divers, Jacob Bosecker. There you go. <laughs> and as always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Vanga CBD. Um, Vanga is the only CBD out there made by endurance athletes for endurance athletes, specifically targeting both your um, your recovery as well as um, you know, it lets you train harder, recover faster, best products out there. Check them out. Um, they got the capsules, the bomb, the gummies, and now the energy drink all available at vangacbd.com and save 15% off with code BROCR. Absolutely. It's a great product. It's a great for the community. They've done a lot of great things. And in this year where we've got a little bit more anxiety than normal, I don't know about you, Leah. I know I do. Yeah, uh, it's helping yeah, me get through sure. some of my sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had so, like a record-setting sleep. What, like last two weekends ago, eleven oh, yeah. hours, and of the eleven, six and a half were REM. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait. You, like before records. before we go into anything else, uh-huh. you had six hours of REM sleep yes. in a night. Yes, it was. I don't believe you. I want to see. I want to see the data. You. I will you share. Me I that shared it that data. morning. I did. I like, shared that's it. That's not a sleep. That's a coma. It was amazing. I felt like I woke up in the morning and I was freaking, I was ready to go. <laughs> okay. So on average, they say mm-hmm. that, cause okay. 
I, we are absolutely deviating, but I don't even care. So the abs, so randomly I've been, well, not randomly, but I'm getting ready to finish 75 hard. And one of the books that I just finished this week, and I feel like I'm kind of at like this crest because I both finished this book and also in a Cobra Kai at the same time. <laughs> Shout out to Garfield Griffiths, who's sun dressed like Hawk. Awesome props there. Um, nice, nice. But, um, the average human, so like, let's say the average adult gets between eight to six hours of sleep an average night, right? Right, right. Um, so on average, about two hours of that are REM sleep. Okay. Now I, I am pretty adamant about my sleep mm-hmm. and I will say I get, I get about seven to about seven hours of sleep a night. Seven, eight. Nice. And cause I know you get a lot less. A lot less. Yeah. A lot less. But I will say consistently. I get three hours of REM sleep every night. Yeah. Um, very yeah, consistently, but six hours. Yeah, I got six hours. Well, typically for me, I'm about a four, four and a half hour a night sleeper. Oh, my God. Um, a decent night kind of pushing to five, but somewhere between four and five. What do you five. do with the other hours? Do you just sit there and, like, stare at the walls? or Basic, like, Well, no. I mean, as soon as I'm in the bed, I'm butter? asleep with it. Like, I don't have any kind of insomnia or anything. Like, when I'm in the bed, I'm asleep dead to the world within two minutes. I'm out. Um, oh but gosh. you know, I just got stuff to do. And so I, on average, get between, you know, four to five hours of sleep and of that four to five, about two to two and a half consistently are REM. Um, so, you know, I'm getting a lot less, but proportionally I'm still getting a decent amount. So it's quality. And see, that's what, man, that was one of the big things that the, the four hour body was preaching on that I finished here. It was, mm-hmm. if you can take a nap yep. during the middle of the day, um, a, a 20 minute power nap, right? Yep. Yep. The REM cycles and sleep benefits of that um, are exponential compared to like your night sleep. So let's say you take a 20 minute nap at three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Suddenly that 20 minute nap can equate to like two hours off your sleep. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can really definitely see it. Like stuff. I said, I mean, I'm definitely getting less quantity, but my quality of sleep is, is phenomenal. So I'm able to function, but then, you know, come the weekend or every other weekend, I definitely need a recharge where I'm getting, sure, you know, sure. eight to 11 hours. So <sighs> six hours of REM sleep. I just, I, I don't even yeah. get it. I'll show it to you. But anyway, oh <laughs> so, anyway yeah. on to this week, on to this week, we just got back from this past weekend at Frontline. We'll touch Frontline. upon that a little bit. Yeah. How, how was it, Leah? It was cold. Let me tell you, my it Georgia peach froze. <laughs> it wasn't that cold. My Georgia peach was a little cold and I brought it down it back with me because it's cold down here. What's tips this morning? Um, this morning when we were outside waiting, it was 37. I think when I pulled in 37. Okay. It was cold for Georgia. Yeah, that is cold for Georgia. I'll give you that. I've been oh, yeah. doing, so Indiana this morning, 28 yesterday and today. Stupid. Um, and then I stripped down to my compression shorts and do Got your one hop of the big on. things I've been, well, I get my hop on. And then I also, um, one of the big things I've been reading about uh-huh. is building a, so in the, the four hour body, once again, right. um, and I'm taking my supplements right now, like. I'm about to say, I I'm, hear you doing something over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm slamming one, two, three, four. Let's see here. I got my pad. Got my yeah. I'm slamming one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pills right now. Goodness sakes. There's four. Um, <laughs> Lord but have mercy. They, they're, they're, they're not pills. They're supplements, guys. I'm not right, doing anything right. weird. But um, anyway, um, one of the big things I read about was building a really strong posterior chain mm-hmm. and how important it was. And there's like chapters on it in his book. Um, okay. But one of the things I do now is like I do my Wim Hof stuff and mm-hmm. then I do like 
I go right into 150 kettlebell swings. Okay. Um, just building up that back endurance and that grip strength. And then I, then I start in on stuff. <laughs> well, funny you should mention grip strength when we were at frontline. That was definitely the, the theme of the day. That was and one of the themes. Absolutely. That was, that was something that we encountered. And so today we decided, you know, now that frontline is over, um, you know, and pretty much most of the in-person races are over, we are yep. now going to start Season's transitioning basically to virtual and kicking off actually yesterday or day before yesterday, I guess kicking off is now officially the OCR stars. Um, and we've talked about it briefly. We've kind of given some information as we had it when we got it, but now that we are fully underway, the official rule book was just released, um, yesterday. And so now we have that in our hot little hands and, you know, come to find out, as with most things and a lot of things, things have changed along the way since Hunter first announced this. Um, you know, initially we were told that we weren't going to know what the workouts were ahead of time. And it was going to be surprised before we deep dive in this, before we mm-hmm. deep dive into this, which is going to be the bulk of the conversation. Do we want to talk about frontline real quick? Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that now or at the end, either way. Let's, let's talk about frontline right okay. now so we can get it out of the way and we can get, we can go on the hunter tangent here and down the road okay. of what OCR stars is going to look like. Um, so first of all, frontline, I want to give a shout out to the team over there at frontline. They're great yep. people in the Chicago, um, just the entire community that they have yep. there. Great people, great race, great times. Um, Leah, what did you think about it all? So we had the awesome honor of taking the mic as the MCs again. Um, and so we were kind of on the front end of the race, um, you know, starting off the crowds and keeping the festival going. So from a personal firsthand standpoint, I can't speak to the actual course because I didn't run it. Um, I did Friday. I just go based upon you know, what shook down from what people were saying and what, you know, yeah. I saw from around where I was standing. A little bit of um, stuff on course marking, which, you know, if you know me, one of the rules that I always swear by is when you think you've got a course marked enough, go out there and mark it again. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that seems to be a theme that we've we've experienced with Frontline. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, you know, there is there has been over the years some confusion and it's something that people remember. And, you know, sure enough, this year there was one major sticking point that turned out people were were missing a turn and ended was, up cutting. The, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was wasn't so much a turn. It was a missing going straight. Yeah, I guess they um, were turning instead of going straight and ended up cutting off nearly about two a mile. miles. Yeah, yeah it's about a mile. Okay. Um, but it was, um, yeah. So anyway, there, I guess my point is for me, the hardest part is if you're in an open field and you're trying to, uh, uh, an arrow on the ground, isn't always going to be enough. No, you need no. something you, you are pumping hard there at that point And you need yeah. basically to almost be handheld to the next area. And if you see something huge, like an obstacle in your distance, you're going to gravitate towards that. Yeah. You kind of get um, race brain and go. And Absolutely. especially when the course has, you know, several switchbacks and crisscrosses, it's it's easy to, to kind of get twisted up. So, yes, that, oh, that happened. It affected the, the competitive field, um, you know, so that that was the, the first big challenge of the day. Um, and then the other big challenge was 
was kind of what we anticipated. You know, we we there was a debut obstacle called the Kraken. Um, Great obstacle, we, though. Yeah, we knew what it was. Well, we knew what part of it was going down into it. We had seen pictures of this twister type thing, but I've instead had a lot of the of people handles, me about this thing now. yeah, instead of the handles, it was nunchucks like spokes. So the premise yep. was to do it like Twister, but instead of grabbing a handle, you were grabbing a vertical post. Yep. Um, but then when we got there, it turns out the obstacle itself was more than yep. just the spinning Twister thing. There was, you know, some some apparatuses leading into it. So it always makes me remember, like, Mud, Guts, and Glory, they had an obstacle called the Polish Traverse. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it was a big pole that you kind big of shimmyed across. Yep. And then they had two grip slings in the middle. So you could kind of reset, and then it went into the. How long would you say the the twister the um the, the kraken was? The actual piece of kraken or the yes, whole thing? Yes, the actual piece of kraken. The actual piece of kraken was six feet. Okay, that's what I thought too. Handholds what maybe every eight inches? Something like that. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, eight, eight inches to a foot ish i would say probably i mean it was it was about like like twister was like however yeah. you know far spacing apart. was it very very comparable yeah it wasn't like a far reach or whatever but mm-hmm. the way this one was set up is when you got down there there was a vertical pvc pipe suspended on yep. a slack line so it it gave um you had to go across the pipe where there was that transition area where there were two little grip slings so you had to go from the pipe to the slings and then on to crack in and ring the bell Yep. So, what were your thoughts on that when you first saw it? Um, well, my my initial concern was knowing that there were only two lanes, knowing yep. that it was a new obstacle, I knew it was going to be an immediate backup. Yep. Um, so that that was definitely the first concern. The second concern is anytime you're introducing something new, you know, you just don't know how it's going to play out. Um, yeah. My only concern with the actual design of the obstacle was going to be that transition from the pipe to the Kraken. Um, my my fear was, as people were putting their feet up onto the pipe, when they were to come down from the pipe to grab the grip sling, the momentum of their feet momentum, coming yeah. down were going to shoot them out to the side, and the momentum was going to carry them off the grip sling. So Very possible. You know, from a from a technical standpoint, I had some concern, like, were people going to be able to slow their body or were we going to see a lot of people just falling onto the ground? Yeah. And then that was something that and I, I want to bring this up and talk about this. It's things evolve during a race. They always do. We look mm-hmm. at things like um, how often do they change the game in the middle of World's Toughest Mutter? Well, obstacle. I mean, and this this definitely raises the the key question of of the day and what we're going to get into also with OCR stars is the idea of changing things um Mm -hmm. you know you bring up world's toughest and yeah that's that's you're right that the rules change from world's toughest you know lap to lap you can do an obstacle one way one time and get there the Mm -hmm. next time and it's completely different setup yep um but you go into that you know it and you know just kind of how it is and people don't really pitch a fit about it um, nope, and and I think it's I think that's mainly because you're in there for the long haul. That that's point. exactly what I was about to say. I think that in those situations, it it's 24 hours, and it's not going to be that impactful. This race with Kraken, I can confidently say 
changing the rule when it was changed completely changed the the field and the podium. Yeah. Also, and I'm not even talking about the rule changes yet, but there were like even in the middle of it, we're like, okay, well, people could get hurt under this. Let's bring in some mulch. Right. Let's and things like that. Like, I feel like the community is does a great job of. Oh, for sure. In that case, you have to identify a problem and correct it. And, you know, they did. They they realized, hey, we should have something underneath here. Let's go do that now. Let's go get some mulch. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Um, But yeah, so initially. You know, people, the the first elite wave, it was split into two because of COVID. The yep. first elite guys headed on down there and as expected, you know, immediate backup. People yep. were failing. People were getting stuck. We let the second wave of people go off. And somehow in between the first wave and the second wave, right as those second waivers were getting there, the rule changed as far as how they were allowed to get through. And by doing that that second wave of guys did not have that hold up that the first wave of guys did no, this and everybody was able easier. to get through. So it, you know, knocked out a 15 minute lead that those first guys mm-hmm. had had. Um, so I definitely think that it, it changed the game and people then were able to get through because basically the rule became do what you got to do. And, um, people were now getting through that. Well, no, 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 no. It didn't become, it didn't come, it didn't become specifically do what you got to do to get through. Um, we didn't allow feet on the top of the, the twist or crack and portion stuff. Right. Because there was the question of, okay, can I just put my feet up there? Well, right. Right. Like that really defeats the point of the obstacle. Right. You had to use your hands, but you were allowed to touch the top. You were allowed to chicken wing. You were allowed to do. Any other well, way we didn't of allow chicken through. winging for a while. Uh, for a while, but then then, then we they did go back to so, it. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they did. So, so my, ultimately, my, the rules changed, okay. and therefore it changed for the different, you know, competitors. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, what? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? First of all, what? Where's your first inkling, and where? Where do you? How do you feel about it? Um. How do I feel about rules changing? I don't like it. Yep. Why? Because it's not it's not fair. I mean, if you're looking at an elite field and you're comparing someone who started at the 8 a.m. versus someone who started at the 8.15 a.m., the rules should be the same. Um, It should be the same expectation. And if one person gets through, one person gets through. And if 20 get through, 20 get through. The problem with this particular race and this particular obstacle, you know, the fact that there was only two lanes was setting it up for a disaster from the start. You know, you have an obstacle that you know is going to be a problem, and there's only two lanes. If if you are only going to have two lanes, then it should have been at the end of the race when the field was already spread instead of one mile in when all of a sudden you have people run, 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 ah, stop, and the whole field is dead. Yep. So my first question to you then would be how many lanes for frontline would be enough? For frontline, at least four. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think four is a good number. Right. Six would be um, great. Four would be fine. Four would be fine. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of things that just because we're looking at um, we're looking at cost constraints here for those guys. It, it's a local race. They're giving it to charity. Right. Um, they don't have the capital always to build. Um, you know, I get that and I can lanes. respect that. But at the same time. I kind of feel like if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. 
Because well, the problem is, is if you're not going to do it right, then people are going to leave with a bad taste in their mouth. And for me, what I, where I would put that, and not specifically this year with COVID, mm-hmm. I don't, I still don't know how I feel. I'd put something like that in the Blitzkrieg. Right, yeah, I mean, that could have been then, fine. Or, and then like, what I would do with it is then I would have people in the festival area trying it so we can look and build for it for the next year. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. That's that's the way I'd throw that ball. Yeah. But that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was a great – I think it was a really great obstacle. I think it has a lot of potential. I'd like to see it again in the future, and we, we very well might. Um, but well, that was it's one just of the a hopes there little disappointing. Was, so talking to a lot of people, that was the hope to put that in OCRWC. Right, right. And, and I, I could see I something told, like that being there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and, it's and you know if it is, Adrian will do it right, and he'll have the right amount of lanes, and it'll be fine as far as that goes. But you know, um, I was talking to Sid about it, and Sid was yeah. like, you know, if we put that in OCRWC, Adrian's going to want 14 lanes. Yeah. And Oh, for sure. I, I agree. And I think okay. realistically for OCRWC, you could get away with like 12 lanes. Yeah. You but need to have at need least one dedicated retry lane, if not two. So, agreed, agreed. I would say two. But if you changed that for OCRWC, what would mm-hmm. Kraken look like? What would Kraken OCRWC standardized look like? For the first year out, um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't set it up to be impossible. Adrian has very clearly stated time and time again he wants a 60% pass rate at his yep. races. Um, so I think that it's fine to do an apparatus before Kraken, but I think it should be something stable like a monkey bar or I would agree. Um, some kind of, you know, st- I, I don't know, some stable rig, something that's not going to get you the momentum um, out of control. Something that before mounting Kraken, you could be controlled and stopped, basically, mm-hmm. um, however that may look. But I, I mean... I think something like that would make it much more doable. I would agree. And then in the middle, what I would do for that to, to boost that, I would create a reset station. So like back in the day, we saw Urban Sky at OCRWC at yeah, um, yeah, like in get Canada, halfway and shake up it out. at the top. Yep, you got you got a pole you can stand on. You can reset, yep. shake your hands out, and then go after Kraken. Yep. Instead of doing the monkey bars like monkey bars though, and right. this is me, I would give you two bars on the top. Mm-hmm. And I'd have you like kind of do it. They call it at um, oh at um, Mud Ninja. They call that mm-hmm. a gorilla um, gorilla bars. Mm-hmm. So it's like you've got to traverse it that way. And oh, like a forward. vertical kind of like parallel mm-hmm. bars, like a parallel bar that you've yep, got to yep. traverse, and then a reset, and then the kraken. Yep. And then the rule is hands only. Hands only, spokes only. Right. Hands only and spokes only. Yep. And right. I think that, I think that simplifies it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a mm-hmm. so my day job is I'm an engineer and I am a thousand percent. Like I had one of my greatest mantras is simpler is better. hundred. The more you can, the more you can simplify something. And one of my biggest things in product design is when somebody picks an object up, they should know within 15 minutes what that object does. Well, right. not 15 right. seconds, like how to use it and what that object does. Right. Um, and have a general idea of like, oh, this is this is for this. Well, and I um, think that Kraken is explainable for anyone in OCR. But as we know, you know, when people start to struggle, then we start to get creative and mm-hmm. try to come up with different different ways. So, sure. you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's done. But 
you know, hopefully people can just kind of learn and, and move on for next time. I think we're going to have a very interesting learning curve here for next year. And I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things for something like this if we want to say at OCRWC. I think it's a great obstacle. I think, it's, I think it's cool. It's a great um, starting point, and we'll see it's where it goes. It's a great starting point. I would love to see four, four lanes next year, and I think that would even help answer a lot of things. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, that's that's our two cents on Frontline. Great yep. event. Great people. Cannot wait for next year in the sixth wave. I can't believe I've been in this for this yeah. long. Sixth wave, and registrations are open. It's the last weekend in May. Yep. Um. So, yeah, so we've got that that came to an end. And now, as mentioned before, we have OCR Stars kicking off. Um, OCR talk- Stars. Yeah. Talking about how, you know, rules change and people change and things change. I'm just going to put it out there. I was yeah. really excited for OCR Stars when it was being introduced and when the concept of it was being explained. Now that it's all out there, I'm not. You calling bullshit? I'm, I'm calling bullshit because I... You know, and you're even in the hunter like training group and you're calling bullshit. I am. I am. You know, the best friends, Hunter McIntyre, super squad. (laughs) Right. Anyone who knows me knows I might have a tendency. um, You fangirl. You bandwagon. Immersion obsession kind of thing. When (laughs) when something new comes along, I'm like all in all about it. So that's part of who you are. Right. It's nature. When this came out and he was like. I'm going to release a little bit of information here and there. You better believe I listened to every live feed he did, every podcast he did. I've heard everything there is to hear about what OCR Stars is going to be. Leah, did uh, you buy an OCR Stars t-shirt? I did. I did. <laughs> did. I, yes, I bought the t-shirt and I'm not happy. Oh my God, I'm making fun of you. Are you wearing it right now? Please I'm tell me you're wearing, wearing it right, right now. now. <laughs> I'm not wearing it right now. But because... But. I'm a call bullshit. Like, uh, okay. So key points that I'm just going to put out there. Number one, the way it was presented was that this was designed for OCR. It was not for CrossFit. It was not for athletes. Like it was for OCR athletes and it was going to test skills needed by OCR athletes and any OCR athlete from top to bottom can do it because he's given back to the community. Two. USA and we believe in the community and right. good vibes only. <laughs> right. Number two, he said that the workouts were going to be released. It was a four week thing and they were not going to be released ahead of time. Don't ask. He's not telling. It was going to be released the day of. You had one week to do it. That's it. That's lie number two. <laughs> and number well, three. <laughs> you're putting Hunter on the spot, girl. I am. Well, we inv- for, for the record, we invited Hunter on our on our podcast to talk to, and I would have had this conversation directly with the man, but he wouldn't join us. He's busy right now. He's a busy guy. And then I get it. He's busy right now. Signing up, and I signed up. <laughs> right. And number three, when talking about what the workouts were going to be, he was very clear, and I heard verbatim the words: "There will be no burpees." There will be no subjective movements. It will be everything that, you know, clear and objective and OCR specific. Line number three. How's that going for you, Leah? Line number three. (laughs) Line number three. (laughs) You can't tell Leah's got her sassy britches on today. I do. So the official rule book was announced. We have all four workouts. Workout number one, as we have already reported, is a one-mile time trial. Pretty self-explanatory. Has to be at the track. You have to have it on Strava. 
Um, if you it's, no, are, no, it's not that self-explanatory because now we've got to video it. Well, you have to video it if, if you're under a certain time. Right. If you're a male going under five minutes or a female going under five thirty, you have to have video of you going all four laps around the track. Otherwise, you just need to have the Strava showing four laps around the track. I yeah, I'm I'm calling malarkey on that one. I right. think it's and I get it, but like you should be telling people, by the way, if 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 we're gonna start like requiring that, like mm-hmm. you should have had like videotaping it way beforehand. Because that means you've got to get more people in. Like that means Well, that's the thing. You can't just go by yourself and video yeah, you can't just yourself go do and get the entire track in your camera view. Exactly. So you have to have people there with you videoing you. Yep. And that's that that's good, but you know, from my standpoint here, I'm just gonna say that's logistics. Like we have to figure yeah. out more stuff now. That's that's more equipment right. that we need. Right. That's well, it's not again, just, if you're not competing for one of those, you know, crazy fast times and you just need the Strava, but um Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Okay, okay. Week number two um is something called the gripper chipper. The gripper chipper. And this is easily what I will say the hardest the hardest workout in the series. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So you do this in the gym. You set up your video. You have to have everything in view. You need a 25 foot long measured out runway and Mm -hmm. a pull up bar. And so the workout is 200 feet of farmer carries for the men. It's going to be those 50 pound dumbbells and the women, the 35s. You farmer carry it eight times back and forth to get to 200 feet. Then you put the farmer carry down, um, and then you do – oh, no, you don't put it down. You do 100 feet of farmer carry lunges. So four down and backs. Right. Then you put the, bar, the dumbbells math. down. Then you do 50 toes to bar. That's a lot um, of toes to bar. And then 25 burpee pull-ups. But However, if you break form – if you break on any of it, including the farmer carries, including the lunges, including the toes to bar, any one of those three movements, every time you break and t- stop, you have to do seven burpee to bar penalties. Like burpee, jump up and touch the bar. Okay. How this hard does is the bar have to be? The bar has to be, you have to stand under it. You have to raise your hands up. And your thumb pointed up in the sky cannot touch the bar. It has to touch the bar. Cannot touch the bar. Your thumb raised up in the sky cannot touch the bar. You have to be able to you have to jump to it. Okay, yeah. So the, the thumb has to be over your bar. Your, the, no. the bar has to be over your thumb. The bar, correct. The bar has to be over the thumb. Your thumb cannot be touching the bar standing, just standing. Okay. Uh, Crap. It's crap. Well, it's it's just complicated now. It's well, okay. So now you have to have a space that has the the pull up bar Close and the twenty five. You got to go to a CrossFit gym now. Basically, and because you have to have your twenty five light foot lane measured out in the same view as your bar. And what sucks, you know, if you're lunging on down your twenty five, so you're twenty five feet away from the bar. You set your dumbbells down. You got to run back and do your thing. It's just, I'm sorry, toes to bar, there's there, there's no correlation to OCR. Okay. That's silly. It's it just, this whole workout by itself is just dumb to me. 
Okay, so then workout three. Workout three is a six-mile time trial. It's a 10K. So basically 10K, but they kept it in miles. Um, and you have is it to just have six it on miles? Strava. It's six miles. It's not 10K. It's six miles Okay. on the Strava. You are not allowed to have negative gain on the Strava. That's so you end. can't just to, go run down hill for six miles. Foot. To 100 foot. Right. So... Um, no more than 100 feet of loss over the six miles. That makes sense. I get and that. And if there's a tie, the tiebreaker will be the fastest last mile of the of the six. Okay. And then event four is no burpees, but this one is called Burpee Mountain. No, there are burpees in it. <laughs> well, right, but Hunter had told us no burpees. So okay. yeah, Burpee Mountain is number four which consists of an AMRAP of 16 minutes. So you have a 16-minute time cap, um, and you're starting at two and increasing every round. So two, four, six, eight, ten, as high as you can go within the 16 minutes. And by doing dumbbell box stepovers um, with, again, men 50 pounds and women 35 pounds with a 24-inch box and a 20-inch box, respectively. So you're doing dumbbell box stepovers and then burpee box jump overs for okay. as many as you can for 16 yep. minutes. Evens, evens basically three, so you end on the same side. Right. Of your right. dumbbells, and that make that makes sense to me. I like. Right, right, that, that makes sense. Um, and that one, that one's just a 16 minute blowout. Yep, 16 minutes, burn out and die. Uh, what are your thoughts on that guy? I mean, it's a fine workout for the sake of working out, but for this, for OCR, for yeah, I just feel like it's lazy. I mean, I'm gonna just say it. Of all the things that it could have been, this this workout could have been, of all the things that would have been much more OCR specific, um, I feel like this is just a lazy workout. Okay. I like the I like the time cap. I'll say that much. From oh, a- I agree. I do too. From a and from a judiciary standpoint, I will say I like the idea of having a time cap. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You put a time cap in, but the problem now is going to become in specifically what Hunter had said. He didn't want movements that had subjectivity. Well, hello. Is there anything more subjective than a burpee when it comes to judging? Not really. So you know, I just I don't know. I'm just disenchanted by the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah, it's, I don't know, like, and it's one of those things, like, I think we could see something like, I hope people finish it well, and do we even still understand the prize purses for this thing? Well, we just know there's a lot of stuff going out. Um, We don't know the exact breakdown, because he said it was going to be, there should be by now, because he said it was going to be based upon the number of signups. So more money equals more money coming out. And now that the event is officially started, I guess technically people could still sign up in the next, you know, day or two and get it in. So by the time this week is over and you've already missed the first workout, then we should have a definitive payout. Agreed. I think so. I I think a few things on this on OCR stars. I think first of all, I think it's a cool idea to do something. I think it's an amazing idea. I I love the idea. Really cool idea. Um, I think this is realistically probably one of the most technical things that Hunter's ever done. Agree. Um, and I think like, just like Kraken that we got done talking about, 
you know, there's a learning curve. Um, yeah. But there's also, I will say, whenever we start throwing money into it, mm-hmm. and we're talking like, and Hunter was like, when he started this thing, he was wanting to talk big bucks. Oh, yeah. He wanted 30000 well, he's got like thirty thousand dollars worth of money that he's right, right, gotten together for this. Now, is this? Do you know if this is thirty thousand bucks or if this is thirty thousand dollars worth of prizes so far that he's collected? I'm pretty sure what he explained was that the pros were getting bucks, like it was going to be a decent amount of you know cash prize, sure. and then the competitive age groupers were going to be getting the prizes. Okay. Which we still don't know what all the prizes are and what all the... No, I mean, he's teased. I think there was like an assault bike. There's, you know, CBD stuff. There's sunglasses. There's, you know... We just gave away 500 sunglasses this past weekend. We gave away... Hard flex. Hard flex to Gooder there. Thank you, guys. We gave away over $15,000 worth of Gooder sunglasses to the people that joined us at the front line. And I'm proud to say that it was enough for each and every runner to get a pair. So thank you so much, Gooder. We appreciate it. Um, But yeah, I'm intrigued to see. I'm intrigued to see. I I will give Hunter this, though. He's got a month to figure this out. Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to figure out as far as, I mean, the structure itself. I mean, judging, officiating, timing. Like yeah. making sure that people aren't, and then do you think people will start and then just quit? Yeah. Or do oh, you think yeah. people? No, like, we saw that with High Rocks. I mean, it was High mm-hmm. Rocks was basically a very similar thing, and you know, I participated in both of those, and in both instances, you know, watching the leaderboard, you know, each week, some people would drop off of it. Yeah, because they're just done. Right. You know, this is right. Silly I now. think people do the mile time trial because, you know, it's a mile. And then suddenly you see you're not stacking up good enough in the mile. Right. And I think people will try this workout, but I think people are going to get frustrated. Um, I think that it'll, you know, between workout number two to go to workout number three, I think we'll see a big drop off. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right there. Um, I'm intrigued to see if we get well, That that's one portion. I'm I don't know. There's so many different things here that I'm. I'm seeing and feeling, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're, it's going to be an interesting ride and trying to officiate. Do we even have a regular scoreboard of like, okay, how do the four workouts compare to each other? Like, how are we scoring it? Is that, has that been dropped? Uh, they talked about how it was going to be like track meet style scoring because they're going to have, um, you know, teams and whatnot, but I'm looking at the official, rule book right now and it just talks about standards it talks about directions but there's there's no actual you get a point for this you get a point for that you're in yeah no there's no actual points breakdown so i'm not sure i do remember him saying that each workout was weighted evenly okay um you know that it was going to be basically four you know 25 percent each workout that's good i agree i agree I would agree with that. That's a that they, they should be graded equally. Right. Um, but I also don't think that. Let's say you take third in gripper chipper, mm-hmm. and then you just finish another workout and you don't get as many points. Like I I don't know if there should be like a final tee off. I don't know. It's 
Mm. It's so hard to compare a workout, like a one-mile time trial, and make that the same equivalent of doing something like Gripper Chipper. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Tell it. I mean, I agree. That, but I mean, a sprinter would there. say it's fair. It just, you know, depends who you are and what your strengths are. So. Exactly. You know, um, we'll see how it shakes down. We'll be able to report next week um, when we. I'm intrigued record. to see how some of these miles look. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So and we'll see. That, I said really each week. Got right now. Yeah, each week we'll kind of update and see where where people stand, and we'll go from there. You know, the 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 season is winding down. But the only other thing big coming up this week was supposed to be yesterday, but they said never mind. It'll be sometime before the end of this week is the announcement of the 2021 World's Toughest Mudder site. Where do you think, Leah? Honestly, I think, mm-hmm. and I'll go on record, I think that this is the 10th anniversary of World's Toughest Mudder. I think we're going to go back to where it started in New Jersey, and it'll be the farewell. You think this might be the last Tough Mudder, World's Toughest I Mudder? I do. I do. I could really? be wrong, but I'm going to say it's going to be the 10th anniversary and go out with a bang. Really? That's, I mean, of course, this is, listen, y'all, this has nothing, like, there's no insider information. This is me just talking out my ass. Um, But, you know, we know Joe has lost a lot of money. And we know that World's Toughest is not a moneymaker. It's it's not. It is a, it is a battle cry to the community. Yeah, 100%. So... We'll see, but I, I'm going to put my money on New Jersey, which incidentally there is a um, a Tough Mudder New Jersey scheduled the month prior to when World's Toughest typically is, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. Okay. All right. I think so. We we know we're going to figure out World's Toughest Mudder here here in the next yep. week. And we know that the 2021 Spartan Race World Championship is going to Abu Dhabi. That's the current plan. Yep, that's the current plan. Um, In December of 2021. Right. What are your thoughts on that, Leah? Still doing it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we talked about the choice and all that. I think that, you know, they're sticking with kind of what they did. I'm sure there was an immense amount of planning that was already put into it. Oh, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's hard for me to have a whole lot of faith for anything at this point that far ahead in the future, just because God only knows where things are going to be by then. So, well, we'll and to go full circle here, we have an election that's going to just change everything. Again, exactly. Possibly. So exactly. What, what a day here and next week's podcast is going to be fun. On I know we'll have fun. We'll see. We'll see where it's at. And, you know, if we'll have a president by then, who knows? It might, it might take some time. End of the week here. We're wrapping up the episode. Yep. Um, community shout out, Leah. We're yeah. We're getting it this weekend. Who are you giving it to? Ooh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, okay. I'm going to give my community kudos to a gal um, at the front line. Aaliyah oh, yeah. Amos. Amos. God damn it. Ah, I took it. <laughs> God damn it. I was going to give it to Leah. I'm going to give it to Aaliyah, who, okay, if you guys haven't seen her or heard of her yet, you will. She's a brick Um, shit house. She is amazing. She is known for her currently purple spiked up mohawk. She got that top in the front. (laughs) And, yeah, the front bump. And um, big old hoop earrings. And this girl 
went out on the front line in the special forces heat with the weight vest. And she is the only female who managed to successfully complete the course with her vest as intended. You know who she looks like to me? Tell me. She looks like tall Amber Johnston. She looks like she could be like Amber Johnston's cousin. I, I could see that. There's definitely some re- some resemblance in the spiked up front bangy thing kind of helps with the it. The doo pop up there. Yep, yep. But Aaliyah not only then won the, was the only female finisher, but then went on to take on the Blitzkrieg in a full fireman suit with the helmet on the front bump. Crushed And it. won that, took off the helmet, and the front bump was still in perfect condition. That so. is like some serious hairspray there, Aaliyah. <laughs> that is some like, you know, Aquanet stuff right there. Some hardcore Farrah Fawcett Aquanet. Right. <laughs> Well, now you have to think of somebody else. Who you got? Oh, my God. Putting me on the spot like this. I know. Um, you know, about the guys that ready, race ready obstacles. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Aaron and his wife, Dana. And Dana. Great, pe- mm-hmm. great people there. Um, building Kraken. Building. Leah, every race I was at this year. Mm-hmm. Every race. They were there. Um, they were there. They were building yep. stuff for them for, for Frontline, for... Mm-hmm. For Highlander, for um, for even Abominable when we went up there and got to see that, which we've yeah. got a fun episode next week. I'm going to be talking about locals and yep. um, and next steps of 2021. Yep. But yep. Um, but race ready will be out. part of that. There's no doubt. Yeah, and they they're just solid. You know, they yep. can go and they know they they find a great balance of like I know what this obstacle is going to look like. I know how it's going to set together, but then yep. also making sure that the the company that's putting it on, mm-hmm. like finding the middle ground. Yep. Like, cause there's some grace when you have an obstacle. Well, I want to make this horrible obstacle. It's going to do X, Y, and Z. And then it's going to flip people upside down and right. then making it realistic. Like well, bringing that to fruition. Well, anyone can make an obstacle that's going to destroy everybody. Yep. But to make Absolutely. a good obstacle that's interesting, that's exciting and that's doable, you know, race ready is, is there with, with their innovation and, you know, expertise and, you know, mad props to them. And you can check them out on online and they do sell, you know, grips and holds and all kinds of And I want to, I want to go ahead and say this though, too, because like the people that did finish Kraken, Mm -hmm. they were pumped, Leah. Oh, absolutely. When you finished Kraken, it was like this sense of accomplishment that I've missed and missed seeing. There's a video that Arnell from OCR, um, OCR tube posted the other day of like old battle frog rigs and seeing how excited people were when they got ripped the rig and they're like i'm oh, out of yeah. here i'm out of here let's go and you hit the bell and you hear the cheers and off you go and it's awesome it, exactly and that's but man seeing the look on those guys' faces when they hit it and they're like yes 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 right right and it's that's a good thing and guys you got to be part of that i'm, I'm so happy for you yep but i guess that really brings us to the end of the episode this week leah i do i think that's it Awesome sauce. Well, until next week, if you guys have any um, shout outs or anything, um, yep. once again, thank you to Gooder for giving us all those sunglasses this past weekend. Yes, for sure. Thank you guys to everyone who came out to the front line. Good luck to everybody competing in OCR stars and good luck to the country with the presidential election going on right now and be kind to one another and be nice to people. Just be nice no matter what color they are. <laughs> It's just everybody be nice to everybody. ELE, everybody love everybody. <laughs> there you go. And on that note, I'm Leah Hensley. I'm Jacob Bosek, and we'll see you guys out on the course. Take care, guys.
This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.